Well, for the last several weeks in our study of the book of Ephesians, we've taken our time working through Paul's instruction on the Holy Spirit as it begins in chapter 5 and verse 18. And then prior to that, you'll remember that Paul has walked us through a series of contrasts to help us understand the difference between people who do know God and people who don't know God. He helped us understand these contrasts that would help outline for us some of the behavioral patterns that distinguish people who know God from people who do not know God. And he has told us, in fact, that people who know God have a capacity to love in a way that people who do not know God have the ability to love. He says that people who do not know God do not have the same capacity to love as we do. People who don't know God are only able to offer love that is self-serving and self-seeking. People who don't know God love for what they can gain in their relationship. They love for what they're able to get out of the relationship. And the thought is, as long as I get pleasure, as long as I get enjoyment, as long as I get benefit of some sort, I'm going to love you. But the very minute that stops, the minute I stop getting what I want, I don't love you anymore and I'm going to find someone else who will give me what I want. But Paul says that people who know God are people who love differently from that. He says we love differently. The love of Christ is the love that sacrifices. It's the love that gives up for the object of its affection. It gives up its own desires in favor of those of the one it loves. It finds its fulfillment in bringing pleasure. It finds its fulfillment in bringing joy and blessing to someone else. No sacrifice is too great for the love of Christ. There's no sacrifice that is too great for those people who know God. In fact, we could think of it this way. The love of the people who know God gives, and the love of people who do not know God takes. You see the difference? People who know God have a way to sacrifice and give love in a way that no one else can. So in chapter 5 then, we see that those who do not know God have no self-control. They have no restraint when it comes to sexual matters. Their talking and their joking is coarse and it is crude. And then Paul also contrasted the darkness and the light telling us that people who do not know God do not know the truth, which ultimately leads them into even greater immorality. And then he goes on to say that not knowing the will of the Lord, they walk around as people who are unwise, and they walk around as people who do not know the truth, as opposed to people who do know God, who understand His will, and who walk around as wise. That's the instruction of Paul from chapter 5. And then as we came to verse 18 a couple of weeks ago, Paul gave us a command that I had told you is perhaps one of the most important commands in all the pages of Scripture. And this is what it looks like. It says, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we stopped in the first part of verse 18 to spend some time understanding how the decision-making processes, how the ability to reason, how the sense of inhibition becomes impaired as people surrender their mind and their body over to the control of alcohol. And we understood that when people are under the influence of alcohol, they begin to do things that they would otherwise not do, like biting police officers on the leg. And Paul says, as people who know God, you should never be led 
Your behavior and your conduct should never be thrust forward by the control of alcohol. But on the other hand, in that same way, you should be led, you should be filled, you should be thrust forward under the control of the Holy Spirit. That was the contrast. That was the point. He says believers are never to be drunk. Believers are to be driven forward by the Holy Spirit. And when you begin to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, when we begin to allow the Holy Spirit to drive us forward, then there are some things that begin to happen. And the very first thing that we noted in verse 19 is that we begin to make joyous noise, the noise of playing music and singing about the nature and the character of God. We begin to sing songs of praise to Him. With all of our hearts, we do it loudly. We express ourselves in loud singing that is God-focused, in singing that is God-honoring, in singing that is God-exalting and God-reverent. So the first thing that happens in the life that is filled with the Holy Spirit is that joy wells up and this singing just comes flowing out, declaring the greatness of God. And so today... As we go to verse 20, we're going to see the next evidence of people that are filled with the Holy Spirit or people who are being thrust forward by the control of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to take you to verse 20, and let's read uh, together through this. It says this, "...giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ." Very simple passage, isn't it? "...giving thanks always." And so this passage divides itself very nicely into three points, and we're going to make those points briefly. Before we do that, I want to take you and I want to show you something else. But as we get to those three points, and I'll just share those with you now, those three points are when we give thanks, for what we give thanks, and to whom we give thanks. We're going to come back and talk about this. But before we jump into that, I want to make sure that we understand the concept of giving thanks. Don't you think that's important for us to know? I mean, what does it really mean to give thanks? What does it mean to be thankful? Thanks is very simply defined like this. By saying that it is an expression of gratitude or appreciation. Do you think that's a fair definition of the word thanks? It's an expression of gratitude or appreciation. And I think that most commonly, thanks finds its expression in words, don't you? Someone does something nice for you, and you speak words, you use your words to express the fact that you are appreciative of the nice thing that someone has done for you. Maybe they've said something nice about you, complimented your hair, and you express your appreciation by saying nice words in return. I know that early in our children's lives, we taught them that they should remember their pleases and their thank yous. Have you ever told your kids that? Make sure that you remember your pleases and your thank yous, because we want to express our appreciation. And so in practical terms, think about it like this. If we're to go out to lunch after church today, and a waiter or a waitress comes up and refills our lemonade, we appreciate that, don't we? They come up and they fill our glass, and we appreciate that. And so we have taught our kids to express that appreciation by using their words. And what are they supposed to say? Thank you. Thank you for filling my lemonade. Thank you very much. And so we say the word thank you. And it's just a verbal expression of our appreciation, isn't it? It's just a nice way to say, hey, I appreciate it. I appreciate what you've just done for me. I think that it's appropriate for us to do that. I think we should do that. In fact, if you'll remember, earlier in chapter 5, Paul tells us that we should use our words to express gratitude. This is what he says in verse 4. He says, let there be no filthiness. Let there be no foolish talk or crude joking which are out of place. But instead, let there be what? 
Let there be thanksgiving. So he's telling us that rather than using our words for base and foolish things, we call that moron talk. He says, rather than talking like a bunch of morons, we should use the term, we should use our words to express our appreciation. We should use our words to express things that are good. And we should use our words to express our thanks. You see, it is right for us to speak our appreciation, isn't it? It is right for us to say words that express our appreciation. And do you know that as it pertains to God, we should express our appreciation loudly through shouts and through praise and admiration. And we say thank you to God for all that he's done. Friends, it is okay for you to thank God with your words. It is okay for you to thank him for all that he has done for you. You should thank Him for all that He is to you. You should thank Him for all that He is by His nature and by His character. But do you know that sometimes just verbalizing your gratitude really is not a suitable expression, is it? Just verbalizing your gratitude is really not a suitable expression of your thankfulness. Have you ever thought of that? Have you ever had someone who said to you they were thankful maybe for something you had done or for something you said, and they said, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I am just so thankful. Have you ever heard that? Oh, I am just so thankful. That's fantastic. Thank you so very much. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's a lot funnier in sign than it is when I verbalize it. (laughs) At some point, friends, if you hear that expression of gratitude, if you hear that expression of thanks, over and over again, doesn't it begin to seem a little bit disingenuous? If that's the expression of thanks every time somebody wants to express their gratitude toward you, doesn't it begin to seem just a little bit false at some point? It begins to feel just a little bit fake if that's consistently your expression of gratitude. And you know why? Because sometimes words just aren't enough, are they? Sometimes words just can't cut it. So now imagine with me that same waiter or waitress that we spoke about earlier. So if every time this guy comes to fill my lemonade. I say to him, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's just amazing that you filled my lemonade. How wonderful. That's outstanding. Thank you. And then at the end of the meal, he brings me this little folder. You know what it looks like. It's got a bill in there. And then when I go to pay my bill, I leave him 5%. What does that really say about my gratitude toward him? What does that really speak If I open that thing up and I give him 5%, what does it really speak about the genuineness of the verbalization of my appreciation? Doesn't it say something? It says, I really didn't mean it. It was just a bunch of lip service. So maybe if I really want to express my gratitude, I would give him a more generous tip, wouldn't I? I mean, what would happen if I was so appreciative that I gave him maybe 25 or 30% rather than the 20%? All the waiters and waitresses said... Amen. You bet. Go for it, man. Come eat at my restaurant. But think about it. I mean, have you ever received a handwritten note? Have you ever received a gift from your sweetie that expresses their gratitude for all that you do for them? How has that made you feel? How did that make you feel? Did it make you feel like the expression of gratitude was genuine, that it was real? Or what about a child? I love this one. What about a child who writes you a a note with his favorite Crayola and he just wants to express his love and his appreciation and it's complete with all the pictures and the spelling errors and all those things? I mean, how does that make you feel, parents? Isn't that the best? 
I mean, that's great. You appreciate his words. But sometimes an expression like that just melts your heart, doesn't it? If you've never done that, I want to encourage you to show your appreciation. Express your gratitude in ways that are a little bit more tangible. Now, sweetheart, don't write me a note in crayon and misspell things. That's not what I'm talking about. That'd be great, actually. <laughs> probably, get a, probably get a kick out of that. I wouldn't put it past her. But you see, it's good for us to use our words to express our gratitude and our appreciation. But do you know it's also good to use our resource to express our gratitude and our appreciation? Do you know the believers should be very generous in that area? Don't you have a lot to be thankful for? Why would we not use our resource to express our appreciation to people in that way? How do you think your expression of appreciation to God should look? If we express our appreciation to people like that, what should your appreciation to God look like? In 1 Chronicles 29, as David's reign in Israel was nearing its end, King David, who was so thankful and so appreciative for all that God had done for him and the nation of Israel throughout his reign, he really badly wanted to express his appreciation by building a temple to the Lord. It was in his heart. He wanted to build a temple for the Lord. Unfortunately, David was unable to do that. He was unable to build a temple. And God said that it would be done by his son Solomon. But David still wanted to express his gratitude. And in order to make sure that the temple was the finest expression of gratitude and appreciation, David gave his resources. And not only did he give his resources, but he also encouraged other people to do the same thing. And then what happened was the leaders and all of the people brought just these huge volumes of gold and of silver and of precious stones as an expression of their gratitude toward God. So as an expression of appreciation, as an expression of their gratitude, they gave generously from the resources that they had pooled up. They gave all that they had. What do you think it would have spoken about their appreciation of God's blessing if the people had only brought a few cheap trinkets that were covered in dust that they kept in their curio cabinet? What do you think that would have said to their appreciation for God's temple or for God's blessing in the building of His temple? It'd be just like the one who uses his words to say, oh God, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's just amazing. That's just wonderful. Thank you so, so much. Unfortunately, I've been overspending on my credit card and sadly, the straps on my Louis Vuitton purse were getting a little bit worn. So I had to buy a new purse, of course. You can imagine. I mean, you can't walk around like that. And, and, you know, things have been really tight. So, I, you know, I, for crying out loud, I replaced it with a Chanel bag. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the Louis. You, you know what I'm saying? But thank you, God, so much. I mean, really, thank you. Here's a stick of gum. Can you imagine? Doesn't that seem foolish for me to even say? What does it speak about our gratefulness? Friends, our expression of appreciation our expression of gratitude toward God should be extravagant. Do you understand? Your expression of appreciation toward God should be extravagant. It should be sacrificial. And that's what the Israelites did as they built the temple. They gave their very best as an expression of their gratitude. When we, who have received so much from God, refuse to express our appreciation by giving extravagantly to Him, I want you to hear me say this. It is a shameful expression of ingratitude. Did you hear that? When we refuse 
to express our appreciation by giving extravagantly to God, really it's a shameful expression of ingratitude. Well, another way that we express our appreciation and our gratitude is to use the gift or the blessing that God has given us. Have you ever had a gift that someone, uh, maybe you have given a gift to someone that was such a special expression of your love and appreciation to them only to see it go unused? You know, like the tie that you gave to your father on Father's Day and you thought, wow, this is a perfect tie and dad just left it hanging in the closet. Have you ever done that? How does that feel? I mean, doesn't it seem like an expression of ingratitude? I want you to know that we should exercise the gifts that we're given. We should use the gifts that we're given as an expression of our gratitude and our appreciation. Do you know that? If somebody gives us a gift, we use it. And we express our gratitude by exercising the gifts that we're given. Now I want you to hear me say this. The Bible teaches that every single one of us here today has a unique gifting, a unique combination of spiritual gifts to the building up of the body of Christ. You understand? God has given to each one of you a unique combination of talents to the building up and the edification of the building of Christ. Now listen. What does it say to God if you refuse to express your gratitude by exercising the gifts that you have? Doesn't that speak ingratitude? Doesn't that speak to God, your ingratitude for what He's given to you? If you are not actively involved, friends, hear me, in using your gift in the way that God designed it, I want you to know that it is an expression of ingratitude toward God. It just is. But you see, that's what thanks is. It's our expression of gratitude. It's our expression of appreciation. And it could take all sorts of forms. It could take the verbal expression of praise. It could take the practical expression of giving extravagantly. It could even take the expression of application. It could take the expression of using the thing that you were given. So now I'm going to take you back to verse 20. And we're going to just touch on each of those three points that I talked about. Could we do that? So first of all, the very first thing that I want to ask you is when do we give thanks? Let's take a look at that. Let's take a look at the first part of verse 20. And it says giving thanks how often? Always. When do we give thanks? All the time. Do you know that this is a common theme all through the pages of Scripture? Several weeks ago, we spoke about God's will for our lives. And this is another aspect, this is another facet of God's will. Do you know that it is God's will for you to thank Him all the time? What does 1 Thessalonians 5.18 say? It says, Give thanks to God in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is the will of God. Do you want to know what the will of God is for your life? This is it. Give Him thanks. This is another facet of His will for you. But you know, this is a really difficult challenge, isn't it? I want, I want you to think that through. We're to give thanks pantoto. We're, we're to give thanks always. We're to give thanks continually, all the time, in every circumstance, First Thessalonians says. Listen, our lives should be characterized by our expression of appreciation and gratitude toward God. Your life should be characterized by that. We don't have a problem saying thanks to God, do we? I mean, do you have a problem expressing your gratitude toward God? No, probably not. We don't have a problem with that. I mean, every time that God does something good in my life, every time that God brings a particular blessing to me, I praise Him and I say thanks, don't I? We do that. Anytime God does something good for us, we praise Him and we give Him thanks. And, you know, I think of, of Mike and Julie's daughter-in-law. 
who was terribly sick, and the Lord restored her. And do you know what happened? Mike and Julie got up and they stood before the group and they said, look, I'm thankful to God because this is what he's done. They got up and they expressed their gratitude. They expressed their appreciation of what the Lord had done. And that's exactly what they had said to us. And I think of many other examples all through scripture when God has intervened and shown favor or blessing in someone's life. And we are happy to express our gratitude and our appreciation under those circumstances aren't we? I mean, when Hannah prayed and asked the Lord for a baby and he finally gave her this little boy named Samuel, when he did that, what did she do? She burst into an expression of thanks. She burst into an expression of appreciation. When Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem in Luke 17, he was confronted by 10 lepers and he healed every single one of them. And one of them, a Samaritan came running back to Jesus after he had been healed and he shouted with joy in a loud voice, giving glory to God. And in verse 16, we find that he fell on his face at the feet of Jesus, giving expression to his appreciation. That's good, isn't it? We should give expression to our appreciation for God when he has blessed us. In fact, it would be horrible if we did not express our gratitude toward him in those times, wouldn't it? Of course we should do that. We should. But if I'm to give thanks to God in all circumstances, then it must mean that I should express appreciation when things are going really poorly as well, shouldn't it? This is important for us to hear, friends. What about giving thanks to God when things are going badly? What about giving thanks to God when things aren't good? Isn't that the difficult part? Think about that. What about giving thanks to God when I lose my job? What about giving thanks to God when my marriage is just falling apart? What about giving thanks to God when I've lost a loved one? Am I supposed to thank God for that too? Am I supposed to be thankful at that time too? What does the Bible say? The Bible says yes. Pantore. It says all the time in all circumstances. That's easy for me to say, isn't it? It's easy for me. I mean, how in the world am I to be thankful in such crummy circumstances? Many of you are going through or have recently gone through some really crummy things. Maybe some of you have experienced the loss of a loved one. Maybe some of you have experienced a marriage that is just falling apart. And in such crummy circumstances, in such a terrible time, how are we to give thanks to the Lord during those times? I want to remind you what we said a couple of weeks ago. And that is that God has not asked of us things that He has not also empowered us to do. Did you hear that? God does not ask of us things that He has not empowered us to do. And 1 Thessalonians, Paul told us that it is God's will for us to give thanks in all circumstances. That includes even the most crummy. That includes even the most difficult of circumstances. And so I want to give you the key to making that a reality in your lives because you should be doing that. And I want to help you understand that. But to do that, I'm going to take you to a passage that most of you are probably familiar with. And you're going to find that in the book of Romans. It'll be in chapter 8 and verse 28. And this is what it says. As we know that for those who love God, all things work together for what? For good. For those who are called according to His purpose, all things work together for good. So for those people who know God, listen, for those people who know God, those people who love God with that agape love, which is sacrificially serving Him and submitting their lives to His rule and to His will and to His purpose for your life, 
For those people who are doing that, you have this incredible promise that in his sovereignty, in his providence, God will somehow work out all those circumstances, even the ones which seem remarkably negative and difficult and crummy at that very moment to your ultimate good and to your ultimate benefit. That's an incredible promise. If you're someone who walks in the light, If you're someone who walks in the truth of the Word of God and you're led and thrust forward by His Holy Spirit living in you, even the most devastating losses ultimately will work out to your good. How does that work? I don't know. Maybe it's through developing in you a deeper and stronger faith. Maybe it's through God and His providence bringing another opportunity or circumstance which otherwise would not have presented itself to you. I don't know. But somehow... God takes even those terrible circumstances and He forges in you a greater conformity to the likeness of Christ. However it presents itself, whatever the outcome, you can know that it is being shaped and formed by the hand of God for your ultimate good, rather good or bad. You can know that. So for that reason, you are able to be thankful even in the direst of circumstances, knowing that God is working this whole terrible event for your benefit. Did you know that? Isn't that a great promise? You can thank Him for the benefit that you're going to receive when you get through this difficult time. You can thank Him for the benefit that's going to come out of the difficult times that you're facing. Now, I want you to understand, friends, This promise is, according to Romans chapter 8, only for those who love God. If you are here this morning and you are not loving and you are not serving God and submitting your life to God's control, if you are not submitting your life to God's will and His purpose for your life as it's revealed in the pages of Scripture, I'm sorry to say this to you, but I want you to know this, that this promise is not for you. I'm sorry to tell you That if you are not serving God and if your heart hasn't been yielded over to His control, I'm sorry to say that the struggles that you're facing now in this world are insignificant compared to the struggle that you're going to face ultimately at the end of your lives when you find yourselves in eternal torment separated from God. I'm sorry to say that's what the Scripture teaches. But if that's you, if you are not serving God, And you know that this promise is not for you because of that? Listen, in His kindness, God gives you opportunity to walk away from your self-ruled lies. He gives you opportunity to turn toward Him while there's still time. He gives you opportunity to stop seeking your own fulfillment and to serve Him. So if you're here today and you're not serving God and you find yourself in terrible circumstances and terrible struggle... I want you to know that I very seriously am compassionate toward you and I understand and I'm sorry that you're dealing with such difficult times, but you need to know that you can receive that as an invitation from God to turn to Him while there is still time. If you do not know God and you're going through terrible times and you're dealing with horrible struggle, turn to Him and embrace the promise of this blessing in difficult times. You see, once you have turned to Him, then you can know that your will is being governed by God and for you then this promise then takes hold and it takes root and you can count on it building character in your lives. Turn to Him and embrace His promise as you're facing your difficult times. But... If you serve Him and you submit yourself to His will, you can be sure that even in the worst things in life, it's all going to work out to your ultimate advantage and to your ultimate reward. Painful as it is now. So for what do we give thanks? What does it say? 
says we give thanks for everything. The same Romans 8 principle just that just allows us to give thanks at all times also allows us to give thanks for all things, doesn't it? It allows us to give thanks under all circumstances. You see, it's just as easy to thank God during good times as it is to thank God for good things, isn't it? It's easy to thank God during good times, and it's easy to thank God for good things. But the Romans 8 principle reminds us that even the bad things work out to our good. So whether good or bad, we see that all things are an opportunity to give thanks. Whether good or bad, all things are an opportunity for God to do great things. And so we should thank Him for all things, whether good or bad. Things that seem so simple to you. Have you ever just stopped to thank God for some of the things that we think as simple things? Have you ever taken the opportunity to just stop and thank God for the things that we take for granted every day? Have you ever stopped to thank God for clean water? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever stopped to thank God for a sunny summer day? How about a refreshing rain? A tasty meal? All of these things are what we call universal graces that God uses to bless absolutely every creation everything that He's ever created, believer and non-believer alike. Even those who don't know God should express their appreciation and their gratitude for those things that we so often take for granted. But how much more those of us who have the promise of blessing and eternal life. How much more should we be thankful for those things? Friends, give Him thanks. How often do you give Him thanks? Finally, to whom do we give thanks? Take a look at the last part of verse 20. It says, to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who do we give thanks to? We give it to God. We give thanks to God the Father. After the people brought all their gifts from thankful hearts for the building of the temple, David said in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 13, and now we thank you now we thank You, our God, and we praise Your glorious name. But who am I? And what is my people that we should be able to thus offer willingly? For all things come from You, and of Your own have we given to You. Do you see this? David acknowledged that everything that he has comes from God. Everything that he has come from God. All things already belong to God. And God has sovereignly chosen to give you everything that you have. God has sovereignly chosen to place you on the part of the globe that He has placed you. God has sovereignly chosen to do all things that He has done in your life. And when you give thanks to Him, all you are doing is giving back to Him what He has already given to you. All you're doing is giving back to Him what He has already provided you. And when you constantly give thanks to God for everything, when you give thanks to God at all times, it works in you this quality of humility. Do you know that? Do you know why? The reason is because you have to acknowledge that we have accomplished absolutely nothing on our own power. We have to acknowledge that absolutely everything comes flowing out only from the grace and the mercy of God. You have to acknowledge that. And that's why it builds humility in you. Because the only way you can ever get there is from acknowledging that everything that you have came from God. That's why it's so sad to me. When I see people who are hesitant to give to God and to give to Him extravagantly, I've often told my kids that even the ability for you to work for you to have the physical wellness to be able to be employed and to earn a paycheck. Do you know that's a gift from God? 
And so when we hang on to that and we say, I'm not giving that back to him because I have to spend money on this new Louis Vuitton purse or whatever it is, it's an expression of our ungratefulness because it all came from God. And when we refuse to yield over what he has given to us to begin with, it is a sad commentary on our state of ungratefulness. He's given it to you. Will you now tell him he can't have it? He's given it to you. Will you now withhold it from him? And I know that God requires of us that we be thankful at all times, under all circumstances. And on your own, I want you to know you can never get there. You'll never be able to do it. The only way that you'll ever be able to get there is through the power of the Holy Spirit at work inside of you. You see, people who do not know God, they can express gratitude from time to time, can't they? But people who do not know God are not able to thank Him for all things at all times. They're unable to do that. They're incapable of doing that. See, commonly they'll be thankful for things they've had. They'll be thankful for blessing that they've received from other people. In fact, sometimes they'll even thank God. People who don't know Him, people who don't follow Him. But it is only those who are led and thrust forward by the power of the Holy Spirit who have the ability to constantly be thankful in all circumstances for all things because they recognize the providence and the provision of God. So I just want to encourage you this morning, if I may, that we should be people of humble hearts. We should be people of humble hearts who are expressing our appreciation to God for all things. How often do you pause to thank Him with your words? Do you do that often? How often do you stop and use your words to express your gratitude and appreciation to God? How often do you thank Him extravagantly and sacrificially with your resource? Are you thanking Him by exercising the gifts that He's given to you? And now let me ask you this. What about your relationships with others? How often do you stop to thank those people who have been a blessing in your life with words, with extravagant and sacrificial giving, by exercising the gift that they've given you? How often do you stop and thank those people who mean the most to you? How often do you stop and thank those people who make the greatest expression of sacrifice for you? How often do you stop and do that? It's my prayer that people will see Root River Church as a church filled with humble people whose hearts overflow with extravagant thanks, first of all to God, and then to one another. Isn't it yours? Father, I thank You for Your kindness to us. I thank You for Your mercy. And I thank You that You have given us all things. I thank You that we know and we can rest in the promise that not only the good things, but even the bad things, not only the good times, but during the bad times, that we can know You're working Your perfection in our lives. And so Lord, for those people who are here who know You, for those people who are here who serve You, who are going through difficult times, I pray God that You would place that encouraging Word deep in their hearts, that they might hold tightly to it knowing that one way or another, whether I understand it or not, is God is working this all out to my ultimate benefit. God is working this all out to my ultimate good, that they may be thankful even during the difficult times. Lord, let us always be thankful. 
after the blessing, but let us also be thankful before the blessing, we pray. God, for those people who are here today who may not know you, who may not be serving you, I pray, Lord, that this would be the day their hearts would be challenged, that this would be the day that they would yield themselves over to you. And I pray that you would help them to understand the truth that some promises are only for those who serve God and that if they would just give themselves to you, you will even intervene in their lives now and you will take the bad circumstances and you'll work it to their ultimate good. So Lord, I just pray for faith in their heart to well up and to reach out to you and to pray, to ask your guidance, to ask for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name.